Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. why we read the Bible is really to learn the law, is to learn the law of God. Um, devotions is great. It's wonderful. Worship is awesome. But neither one of those two things protect us from failure. You may ask what I mean by that. But what I mean by that is obedience to God's law actually protects us from failure. In other words, I'll put it to you like this. When you think of a seed, I don't know, uh, Kevin, if you have a garden or if you've ever planted a seed. But when you take that seed and you plant it in the ground, saying a prayer over that seed doesn't make it grow. What makes it grow is if you take that seed and you plant it in soil and then you water it, okay? Or you put it, or to put it this way, you follow the law of planting a seed. That's what makes it grow. And so as we've come into the last few weeks on the kingdom teachings, I reflect back to Acts where Luke tells us Paul preached on the kingdom for three months. Um, and I'm certainly by no means uh, a Paul. But I often wonder uh, through the teachings that we've reviewed on the kingdom, what has resonated with you as my brother's. Uh, the most and, and what you have gotten out of it, if anything. So before we dive into the kingdom principles of the law this evening, um, I just want to open it up for a couple minutes to see um, just we started the series in May, how the last two and a half months has impacted your faith level uh, as we have explored the kingdom of God through a different lens.
Um, I really don't have anything up to top of my head right now, but um, I would say that um, the prayers and the the sermon and been discussing has always been um, uh, has always been reassuring. Always been able to rejuvenate my faith and my um, my belief and where I need to be um, as a father, as a husband, um, and as a man, really, or I think it was just as a man itself, just trying to find the right uh, guidance and the right direction mm -hmm. and to make sure I'm staying on that path. So good. That's good. And, um, you know, Kevin, thanks for sharing that. And, and I'll add to that because um, oftentimes I think sometimes as the, uh, the teacher of some of these topics, um, it may come across as though I've arrived and I haven't. What I would submit to you is as the teacher the Holy Spirit is teaching me, and then I'm able to pass it on. And so I'm learning. This Kingdom of God series has changed my life in a way that I didn't have that information before we got into it. You know, week over week, searching the scriptures, praying, saying, Lord, reveal to me what you want me to learn, what you want me to say. And one of the biggest things that I've learned is that God has a will for each and every one of us. He has predestined, so our destiny is predetermined, what he has for us to do on the earth. And he doesn't force that upon us. He doesn't force our hand. What he does is he says, look, if you want to be a willing vessel for me and my kingdom, I've created certain things within you to be able to do that but you have to come seek me in order and get in alignment with me in order for that to be revealed. And not just, you know, and this is me I'm talking to, not just on a, on a Sunday or a Monday, not just dating God, but having a relationship with him that, it feels weird when you don't get in your word or when you don't talk to him or when you don't pray as though it would be weird if you didn't come home uh, to be with your wife one evening because that's what true relationship is. It's a feeling of without you, I cannot make it. 
I think I think about my wife, Kevin. Um, you know, if there was a night, I remember four years ago, she um, went off to Dallas for training. And um, she was gone for a few weeks. She would come home on the weekend. But every night she was gone, I felt the the emptiness in the bed. I, I missed her. I, I, I didn't want to be without her. And that's relationship. There's a, a bond. There's a connection. And I would submit to you that that's what relationship looks like. And the only way God can reveal who we are to be in the earth as he's called us to be is in relationship with him, true relationship. And that is what I've learned throughout this kingdom of God series. So um, thank you for sharing that, Kevin. Um, I wanted to share some of the things that I've learned because um, again, even as the teacher, the only way I am able to teach is to stay as a student also. Um, so getting back to the message tonight, um, and obviously we're, we're going a little bit deeper in this kingdom series, talking about the principles of law. Um, the laws are what we want to learn. You know, just like we know the laws of society, right? Um, don't run a red light, don't run a stop sign, um, you know, don't go out and beat your neighbor up across the street because obviously <laughs> they can press charges on you, get domestic violence or whatever the case might be. There are certain laws in our society that we adhere to. And I would submit to you that the most powerful force on earth is law. And I keep referring back to this seed thing because to me, it's the most simple concept to understand when it comes to law. Seeds are so powerful that once you obey the law of a seed, like putting them in soil and giving them water, the power in the seed takes over. And again, there is no, no reason to pray that the seed will become a tree or a shrub or a piece of fruit or a vegetable if you follow the law of planting that seed. It's just going to happen. And although this seed is small in stature, once it goes through its maturation process, it can break through anything. I've seen trees that if, if planted too closely to a home, it can destroy the foundation of a house. You see, when, when you obey laws, everything in life, everything life may try to put in your way, obedience to that law breaks it. But life is not about breaking through concrete or foundations. It's really about obeying the law of God. And if you've never explored the laws 
obviously was very familiar to us is um, Exodus and the Ten Commandments. But really, what's more relevant to me and that makes sense to me is when Christ came and he started interpreting the law for us in Matthew 5 through 7. Um, and I really appreciated how God did that. And so um, this next screen here, it'll, it'll talk through all the, the laws, the principles of the laws, right? We want to learn the laws. We want to obey the laws. Um, number three, laws are inherent in creation. Um, number four, laws are necessary in creation. Number five, law is essential to life. And number six, absence of law is the beginning of destruction. And I would tell you in my short time on the earth that life is not really hard. What's really hard is obedience. <laughs> I think about my two little boys um, my 14 year old, he's, he's solid. I tell him to do something is no problem. Um, my three-year-old, my five-year-old, we go through this. Uh, I have, a, I talk to them a lot, Kevin. And mm -hmm. a lot of our conversations are, I have them recite back to me what I say. Um, I say, um, tell me what listening is. And I'm, you know, I'm teaching them on a basic level. And my three-year-old, he'll recite back to me, listening is listening to mommy and daddy, even when I don't want to. <laughs> he'll tell me. So he knows what listening is. But, Kevin, the challenge is sometimes he doesn't always listen, <laughs> right. you know, I may tell him to go do that or go do this or go to sleep is bedtime. And they're up jumping in the bed and having a party up there. They know what to do, but the obedience piece of it to actually do it is hard because I would submit to you that obedience goes against our nature. We want to do things our own way in our own time. Mm -hmm. and, and God says, you can't do it that way. You know, the other thing I'll tell you, if you're taking notes, um, I pointed out number three, that laws are inherent in creation. Um, and right after that, number four is that laws are necessary in creation. Necessary, meaning we cannot live on this earth without obeying laws. Just picture in your mind for one moment, America. If we didn't have laws, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Purge. <laughs> I saw it when it first came out, maybe 10 or 12 years ago. And I'd imagine that would be the world that we lived in every day 
if we didn't have laws. Whatever you wanted to do, you do it. So laws are necessary in creation, and we just can't live on the earth without them. This includes animals and plants, the universe, and all of us as human beings. We all have law, and we must obey it. And that's why number one on this list here, on this screen, is so important. Because learning the law is key to life. We know what our law says in America. We know what we can and cannot do that will get us in trouble. And some still decide to do it. But others have learned the laws and moved on to number two to obey them. And in a spiritual sense, we don't abide by America's laws. We abide by God's law. And that's the key to success in life. It's his law. Therefore, number six, just button it all up. The absence of law is the beginning of destruction. Um, Picture this with me, if you would, if I don't know if you eat mangoes or you like mangoes. Um, I just had a mango for the first time, probably about a month ago, and I loved it. Um, but if you ever cut open a mango, it's a, a pretty big seed in the middle. In fact, when you cut around it, you only get slivers of the mango. This the seed is about as big as the fruit. Um, but that mango seed has a tree inside of it. And yes, if you plant it, if you put it in soil, you water it, it's going to grow. But what happens if you put it in a glass of alcohol? The tree is still in that mango seed. But you didn't follow the law precisely because seeds were not created to live in alcohol. They were created to be planted in soil. I've been around people, um, and I used to be one of them, uh, who could drink alcohol like a fish. And, and some of the people that I knew, they, they would start early. Start at 8 a.m., then at noon, have a drink by 5 and a little after, and by the evening be completely drunk. And alcohol would pour from their sweat. And even before they would speak, you could smell the alcohol on them. Their entire future destroyed by a bottle. Their seed was in them to be great. But what they planted themselves in was the alcohol versus the soil and the water. And so absence of law guarantees your destruction. 
You see, when you leave this meeting tonight, I would challenge you to take a review of your life. Look at the things you are involved in, the people you were involved with, the things that you were doing. Just look at everything in your life and say, now which one of these things is violating our constitution? And, and no, I'm not talking about the American constitution. And while some Americans put that constitution over the Bible, I'm referring to our constitution as followers of Christ as the word of God. Because if anything, not following the law of God is going to be our downfall. And, and no one needs to watch. No one needs to watch you. No one needs to watch me. And as your spiritual servant, I certainly won't be watching you. My primary role is to say what God has told me to say and let him do the rest. You see, when we disobey God in secret, it is in public that we are often found in disgrace. So it's not a matter of tr us trying to sneak around God by trying to fool him or trying to fool other people by giving others a false impression of who we are. What I would encourage each and every one of us is not to waste our strength on all of those things. Just, just live right. And there is no way out of doing something bad or, or something wrong. It's going to have its own results. But even more so, if we don't know the laws of God as we know the laws of America, it's going to be hard to follow them. So if you're taking notes, I would write this down. God created life to function by law. So if you want to function, you have to learn the laws. I often joke that when we get new products, I remember last year, last spring, I got an air fryer for the first time. And Kevin, you should have seen me. I was fooling around with that thing. Um, I tried to fry some chicken in it for the first time and I ate the chicken and um, it didn't turn out right because I forgot to put the crisper in there. But had I read the manual, I would have put the crisper in there and it would have fried the chicken the, the way that I've seen the other pictures for the people that did <laughs> read the manual or follow the instructions. And so the same way that we study or read a manual, as I know we all do when buying a new product, is the same way we need to read and study the laws in the word of God and not just read them, but then obey them. Now, when I teach on law, oftentimes we become mindful of grace and rightfully so, no doubt, grace is real and relevant. Um, I just want to warn us that we have to be careful not to confuse ritual laws of religion 
with the eternal laws of God. I want to encourage you with this truth. If we want to become wise people, we must learn law. Because as number three says on the screen here, law is inherent in life. I'm almost finished, but here's some um, important things to remember. The knowledge of laws and principles are the source of wisdom. When you learn the laws, you become wiser than the people around you. Um, I like what David said. Uh, I'm going to put it, I'm going to throw it up on the screen here. Um, David said this in Psalms 119, 99 through 102 about concerning wisdom. He says, I have more insight than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than those who are old because I have complied with your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way so that I may keep your word. I have not turned aside from your judgments for you yourself have taught me. My God. Which essentially means if you are a young person like you and I are, Kevin, and, and we were to learn more laws from the word of God than your granddaddy did or your father did, although they may be 70 or 80, you would have more wisdom than, than them. Because I would submit to you that age does not make you wise and it does not make you smart. It just makes you older. Unfortunately, you can be an old fool and I know some. But what makes a person wise is their knowledge and the application of the law. Here's an example. Let's say um, somebody's been on a job for 20 or 30 years, and they've been in that role for that whole time across their career. And then here comes this young you know, college-educated 24-year-old graduate uh, who comes into the department and, and they, they, make, they make that um, guy that's been there for 20 or 30 years in the same role, they make the 24-year-old his boss. And that guy becomes so mad, as a matter of fact, he starts saying, who do they think they are? I've been here since the beginning. And they're just going to pass me up like that. I need to be appreciated. How dare they put this little whippersnapper over me? <laughs> and, and, you know, just big mad, right? And the problem here in this story is this 24-year-old, he spent five to six years getting his MBA. And, you know, the man who got passed over, um, who spent 20 years staying in the same role, he ran from improving. He ran from taking more courses and training and, 
improving his skill in that specific area of expertise. In the business world, unfortunately, it doesn't operate on age. I, I saw something interesting when, when I've been studying the word of God. And, and just check me out on this as you get into your studies. Every time Israel disobeyed the laws of God, they went into captivity. Okay. The whole country was destroyed. And then God says, okay, surely they learned their lesson. And he would bring them out from captivity many times. They break the law again. He, they go back, break it, go back. In. And it was this constant. And the first thing that the king would do when he brought them back out of captivity is he'd tell um, one of the magistrates to find the scroll in the Bible says that the king would open the scroll and read the laws of God to start the nation again. In other words, from these examples, when things go wrong, we have to go back and learn the laws of God. There's a scriptures uh, in, in Proverbs that says, Sometimes we think we're doing right, but we're really not because we're basing our moral compass on something that's not biblical. You will get your order back when you go back and learn the laws of God. You'll get your sanity back. You'll get your confidence back. If you disobey law, you self-destruct. And oftentimes, the sad reality, men, is most followers of Christ do not even know that they're not following the law because a majority of us do not base God's law by what he says. We base it off of what others who profess the faith also are doing and saying in society and ultimately being led astray. But this is why when you know the laws of God, you become bold. Going back to that, that story of the 24-year-old boss, he, he comes into the office and he starts walking around and he, he gives the, 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 the young fella that's been there for 20, 30 years instructions so bold press that key do that do this come into my office let's meet right now and so in the guy's head that's been there for 20 30 years he's like who does he think he is i've been here for 20 years and he just got here the difference is his confidence his education his willingness to learn the laws of his craft so he could come in and start being bold and commanding others and teaching others. If you're taking notes, write this down. Knowledge breeds confidence and ignorance produces guessing. In this season, I would direct you to the law of God. Don't just take my word for it. This is the last scripture here. 
Matthew 5, 17 through 21. This is Jesus talking in the red here. He says, do not presume that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of a letter shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever nullifies one of the least of my commandments and teachings or teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps my commandments and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness far surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And remember, in our Kingdom of God uh, series, we've learned that the Kingdom of Heaven and Kingdom of God is an earthly concept. So he's saying, he's reconfirming everything that I've said to you. Obeying law is about having success on the earth. And so he's saying, you will not have that unless your righteousness, your right standing in alignment with my law surpasses the Pharisees, who were religious teachers, by the way. So grace is fine. I thank God for his grace. But this week, my challenge to us all, including myself, is let's go back, let's go examine Exodus, the commandments. Let's go back and read through Matthew 5 through 7, where Jesus is interpreting the law. And let's understand the law. Let's learn the law. And then let's apply the law in every area of our lives, even when it's hard to do it. When we understand the kingdom principles, we will flourish. Everything our hand touches in the earth will flourish. Our prayers will be heard and God will move on our behalf. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to your throne of grace and mercy, thanking you for this word. Your word always humbles us. It brings us to our knees. Father, our spirit is always willing, but our flesh is weak. You know our hearts. We yearn to do right by you. We yearn to live according to your will and your way. Would you reveal to us this week as we study and get into your word, your laws, so we would not depart from them? 
Let us hide your word in our hearts. Let us meditate on it day and night, your concepts and your precepts. And Father, once we learn them, once we understand them, help us keep them, Father. For we're just like little children who we know what the meaning is. We know what to do. The hard part is doing it. Help us keep your word. Help us keep your law. Help us keep your concepts and precepts, Father, so let so that no evil way touches our feet. We want to be like David, oh God. Help us. Help us in every way. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the sermon, man. Appreciate it. What I what I pick from from it, I mean, you're spot on. Yeah, the law without law, you can't life is law. You know, to have be successful, you need to have life. And life, in order for life to be in order for life to grow is to have law to follow the law. Mm-hmm. I, I I totally picked that up. And also what I picked up from it too was to um what came to mind is the the law that God has for the husband, for the wife. And I looked it up to, to make sure to, to quote it correctly was Ephesians 5, chapter 5, verse 25, for the husband. This means love your wife just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Um, and that just, well, that was still made me thinking like, I could be there for my wife, you know? I got to. Mm-hmm be strong and I need to there's been times this last few weeks man has been in struggles and hard and tough but but, um, this reminds me the law what I'm doing what I'm supposed to do as a husband and to get through those things and I can get through those I know I can just sometimes just need a reminder oh yeah yeah and the and the greatest reminder is knowing that when you adhere to it God's going to start working things out because he's going to see that in spite of how you feel you're still doing what his word says to do right you know and that's the hardest part you know when when my wife and I are not seeing eye to eye or I don't have enough to give from an emotional and a mental standpoint, mm-hmm. um, I can just shut down and, you know, come down to the basement and, you know, just be by myself when I know whatever she's going through, she just may not be able to communicate it or express it in a way that allows me to be there for her. But I know I still need to be there, but in my own you know, I don't even know the word. Maybe selfishness is the word for me. Um, I, you know, go be to myself because that's the easier thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying way. Yeah. Yeah. So that just makes you normal. And uh, 
we we need you know god we need him um you know i think about jesus in the garden of gethsemane where he was so distressed about doing what god called him to do god created him to do which was to go die for our sins to the point that he prayed three times for god to take that burden away of the cross yet he went to do it anyway and so i will say to you that um, we have to pray to god even to do what we know we should be doing and he will help us do it and I know we will. Yeah, amen. So, no, I appreciate the, um, you know, you um, giving your insights in the, in the word of God tonight. Um, you know, God uh, wanted me to share this tonight. And this wasn't just for Kevin. This was for me. And this is for every man that's in cities of refuge who may not have tuned in tonight, but will tune in uh, to the replay of the message on uh, Sunday morning, uh, next Sunday morning. So um, I want to thank you, Kevin, for um, jumping on. And I hope there was something that was said that encouraged you. Um, I just pray that God continue to bless you and keep you and strengthen you um, in every area of your life. Um, and with that, I, I want to open it up for any prayer requests or anything else you might want to share tonight. Same prayers for the family, social justice, and also for those that lost loved ones for any reasons vaccine, um, justice, crime, natural causes. We'll do it. All right, let's go to God. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to your throne of grace and mercy, thanking you so much for another opportunity to come together with our brothers. Father, we your word says to bear up each other's burdens. And that's what we are doing tonight. We're following your word in coming together in fellowship. And your word says that when two or three touch and agree on anything, it shall be so. And so it's Kevin and it's your servant, Brandon, tonight. And we just come into agreement with one another. He's believing, Father, that his family will be made whole. He's believing that, Father. He's believing that all the things that Emmanuel is dealing with will be healed, will be transformed, will be delivered from and as a result of that father the unit as a family will prosper and so i stand in agreement with him on that deliverance that restoration that healing that divine touch from heaven 
for Emmanuel and the entire Lazard family. I come into agreement with Kevin because I know that his faith level is is at a point where we are in agreement. And so it shall be so. I decree and declare it to happen in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for all of the men a part of cities of refuge, the men uh, who can make it and the men who can't. Would you bless them and lift them and encourage them and strengthen them? Father, we just bring America to your throne. Father, we ask that you continue to help us, give us wisdom. We pray, Father, that your will be done in the earth as it is in heaven and that you would use us as men and followers of you, O God, to do what you would have us to do in the earth, to help heal this nation, to help bring this nation together from social issues, Father, to crime, Father, to the pandemic. Father, we lift up every family, every loved one who is lost, a family member, a friend, a spouse, a cousin, a niece, a nephew due to this pandemic, or even natural causes, oh God. We just pray that you give them comfort right now. Holy Spirit, begin to go to where these people are, where they may be filled with grief, and give them peace in their hearts, in their minds, in their souls, and in their spirits. Father, would you give us wisdom in this day to be agile, and adapt to the changes that are rapidly happening in our society. To not get caught up, Father, in the social or political or um, any of those dramas, but be in tune with what you are having us to do and that you would give us wisdom to understand the signs of the times and be adaptable to the changes of what we need to do to survive this season because we want to make it to next year and the year after that and the year after that. And the only way we can do that is by staying in alignment with you so you can speak to us and we listen. Thank you for your word tonight. May it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Give us the strength that we need for this week and every day moving forward. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I uh, thought of another thing I'll ask for prayer too. Absolutely. uh, For the families of, of, for the families who have members with addictions. Amen. Uh, me and my wife have been going to a program and meeting other families in the same kind of situation with different different additions and stuff, but using each other for support. Amen. That's a good prayer. And we'll be lifting all of those families up. Father, we just ask that you touch those families, Father. You're a healer. You're a deliverer. 
You're a restorator, oh God. We thank you, Father, for doing a mighty work, Father. There's a reason Kevin and his beautiful wife, Mary, are in that meeting. They're looking for healing for themselves and Emmanuel, but in all reality, they're going to be bringing those families into healing, oh God, through the power of your testimony and the things that you're going to do through them and in them. Oftentimes, we don't understand why we go what we go through, oh God, but it's all for your glory and your purpose. And we thank you for reasons not even unknown un, or known to us just yet, Father. But we thank you in advance because we trust you and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. We thank you, Father, for entrusting Kevin and Mary with this incredible task to lead others and to help others in areas that they have dealt with challenge also. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right, brother. I know um, I'll be standing with you, um, believing with you. And something I wanted to ask you, because I know we talked a couple weeks ago, I had asked um, if you sent Jesus around Emmanuel, how he reacted. I don't know if you've been able to do that yet. Yeah, no, I haven't. I've, okay. I've, been, I've been looking for opportunity. Okay. And then um, how are the sessions going? Um, do you feel like you guys are getting something out of that? Um, is that kind of helping with some things you can try or? Yeah, it's, 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 it's been, um, it's been fat, fantastic. That's awesome. awesome. Because awesome. it's, uh, it's given new understanding to an area where I just, thought I knew from you know music and people and society and things mm -hmm. not actually detailed information of how this stuff kind of works and affects the body yeah and yeah. so yeah it's, it's been definitely great to be able to get this information this knowledge to be able to know what to expect and how to how to understand what he's maybe what he's going through that's good uh, my from me being old school you know just stop it right you know, right it. Right. You can just turn away from it. You can do it. You can. It's, it's just you. Just right. making decisions. But it's it's a lot more than that. And it's still a lot deeper than that. And it's a lot. It's a, it, the body is is an amazing. The body is an amazing animal. Amazing mm -hmm. sp, um, species, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but it's also when it's tampered with with the wrong type of substance and things it's uh it's it's hard to it's hard to stop it's hard to control yeah yeah and and i agree with that notion kevin because let's just take um drug abuse out of it let's put um you know for instance i love dessert right. and at, at one point in my life I had to have something sweet every night after dinner. Mm -hmm. And 
I couldn't go without having a bowl of ice cream or peach cobbler or cake, you know, that was an addiction. I couldn't, I didn't feel I had the ability to control it or um, let's take pornography, you know, powerful, powerful stuff where all men of all ages and stages of life pastors, non-pastors, you know, men of God, non-men of God, deal with the addiction of pornography. And the reality is, yes, our spirit is willing to say, turn it off, don't watch it, don't go back to that site. But our flesh is weak. And, and so you struck a chord with me when you said, you know, when you used a, a manual in that situation in the sense where oftentimes we, we feel like we can just turn it off, you know? And then I think about pornography and how I'd imagine some men don't want to be in that bondage. There's some men that they don't think anything of it, right? Right. It's, hey, I'm doing it. That's what I do. But there's other men who may be pastors or men of God who look at the pornography. And then when they done, when they're done, they have immediate regret. And they're like, man, I don't I don't want to do this, you know, but my flesh is too weak to control. it. It's an addiction and um, not to trivialize drug addiction with pornography or food addiction because they're not the same, but it does have some of the same principle behind how it it, it can be difficult to just turn off the switch. And I would submit to you that there's a higher power, there's a supernatural power that has to be involved to dealing with that. and so um, I, that's just, you know, my belief. And then through um, therapy and uh, counseling and all of those things, it helps um, others who are dealing with that situation just to support and all of that. So I think you guys are absolutely doing the right thing in that. And uh, just let us know how we can continue to support you in that. Thank you. Yeah. So with that, my man, I want to thank you again for jumping on. Um, Hope to talk to you throughout the week. Um, If for some reason we don't, um, I know we'll connect next Monday. Um, And I just want to let you know, my man, I love you. I'm standing with you. I pray with you and for you beyond Monday nights. And I hope you feel that every now and again. I knew. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. All right, Kevin. You guys have a great night. All right. God bless. God bless.